everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, New Point. How we doing? Come on now, how we doing? All right. Hey, it's great to be with you. I want to welcome all of our campuses, those in Canton and Worcester, Millersburg, Coshocton, Cambridge, and at Dover T County. We're excited. We've got an incredible, incredible opportunity for you to learn and grow. We're in this series called It Comes in Waves. We're looking at mental health, emotional health. And you know, as well as I know, that life has a way of hitting us with emotional waves. And if you're in the ocean and you get hit by a wave, you can get pulled under by that current and literally drown. And that can happen to you and I emotionally. And so we're honored here today to have Dr. Tammy Smith. She's the author of the book, Soul Healing. You will want to pick it up today. I promise you, it's in my top 10 of all time books I've ever, ever read. So let's give it up for Dr. Tammy Smith. Would you do that this morning? Yay, so great to be here. Thanks, Dwight. Yep, good to see you, girl. So good. I am so excited. And when you agreed to come and share with us, I've been praying for this day. Oh, yeah. And uh, I know that you got great stuff for us today. You're going to teach us, and you're just going to be able to allow us to learn a little bit and even give us permission to be able to go where maybe we've never gone before. That's a great way to say that, yeah. And, and that's the sense I've had about you and your people being willing to engage this topic so profoundly at such a time when so many of us are actually realizing the condition that our souls are in. So, right. yeah, you guys well, are awesome. You know, one of the things I say, Tammy, is I wouldn't give you two cents for religion. <laughs> I mean, religion will kill you. Right. And yet so many people opt for religion over relationship. Come on. Because Jesus Christ died for us that we could have power, we could have peace, we could have purpose, purpose. in our life, yeah. that we could have hope and yes. healing. Yes. And yet what happens is I just believe that there's a lot of frustrated people who would say, you know what, I've accepted Jesus Christ, but Dwight, when you talk about this stuff, man, right. it is foreign to me. Right. Now, why would that be the case? Because I, I think... It's, it shouldn't be formed because we know that the truth will set us free. Yes, right? yes, 100%. And so if it's not setting me free... Right, then, then what's the problem? What's the problem? What's yeah. the questions I yeah. need to be asking? Yeah. Can you help me with that? Yeah, help can anyone that? identify with that? Like, <laughs> I know Jesus and I know the truth set me free and I believe it all and I am struggling. Right. Right? Absolutely. And that's why we're here and that's what we're talking about this morning. And so I think before we have any discussion about the interior life, about things like spiritual and emotional health... We have to start with one premise in common that's not a premise, it's the deepest reality for every one of us. And so C.S. Lewis said it in a quote, He's a, it's attributed to him, I'm not sure it was him. Um, <laughs> but it says uh, this, you don't have a soul. Wow. You are a soul, you have a body. Wow. And so the reality is, think about how much time we've even spent this very morning taking care of the physical uh, vehicle by which our soul is housed. But have we even paid that much attention to our soul this week, right. given that kind of intention and attention to our soul? Right. And, and Jesus said, 
What shall it profit a person if they shall gain the whole the world. world? If I'll have prestige, power, possessions, all of this, and forfeit my soul. If my soul isn't healthy, right. then I can't be healthy. Right. So what's, what's the issue here? What's the... Right. So if we're not living from our souls and we're living from external cues and all of the messages of the world, we will never be at peace. John uh, 14, 7, Jesus, 14, 27, Jesus said it. He said, uh, peace I leave with you. Wow. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. So maybe that's the message we need to hear more than anything else. We are not well in our souls. Our mental health is not well because we're still looking horizontally for peace. We're still looking externally. We're still buying into the messages of the world that peace can be found here. Because we are souls, peace cannot be found in the temporal. We are eternal beings, so it's a mismatch. Peace cannot be found horizontally. So maybe that's the biggest takeaway for us is I keep looking to people and circumstances and possessions and pleasures and all the things for peace and I cannot find it. That's correct because a soul will never find complete satiation and settledness in the things of this world. Yeah. So, of course, the first admonition this morning and takeaway is we've got to start living from our souls, Dwight. So I, I'm sure I know for me, that's not the first time I've heard that. And, and for those who have come to New Point, that's not the first time they've heard that. Yeah, yeah. So what's the problem? What's yeah. the issue? <laughs> I mean, what do I have to come to a realization in my own life about? Yeah, so maybe we can just quick to John 10, 10, John 10, 9 and 10. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and yeah. life to the full, which it means the abundant life of peace and purpose and contentment and joy, not life to the full in the ways of this world, right? right. But he said, I have the abundant life for you. And in the same breath, in the same verse, it says, I have come that they may have life and life to the full, but the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So I love that he juxtaposed them one to the other, right next to the other in the same breath, because we can surmise from that, that if we are not experiencing the abundant life of peace and joy and contentment and all the things that come in Christ, then we can rest assured there is a thief stealing and killing and destroying. So we, ha we have one who wants to give us the freedom, the mm -hmm. victory, the peace, the purpose, mm -hmm. the power, the hope that we have, but we also have one who wants to destroy. Well, yes, Jesus said it. And so there's a reality too. Let's talk about our intended state for a minute, this abundant life that Jesus purchased. That is a place of living from the absolute security we have in Christ. Wow. This is not just a security for them. Like truly, is there any condemnation for you if you've said yes to Christ? No. Romans 8, 1 says it. Is there any sense of like, am I good enough? No, the reality is we are. His righteousness has been given to us. Like there is a certain sense in which your value is settled, whether you feel awesome about you or you don't. You understand right. he feels awesome about you all the time. He takes great delight in you, Zephaniah three seventeen says. He has a lavish love for you, 1 John 3, 1 says. There is so much that God has for you and is for you that we can live from this place of never again caring what another person thinks about us because they are not the author of our soul and do not walk in our soul. So if we live from this place of even Ephesians 2.10, which is life-changing for so many people, mm -hmm. it says, for you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. We're God's workmanship. You are God's workmanship. The you that you are is the you that he made you to be on purpose for his purposes. If we're trying to be like somebody else, then we're not living in the security of, wait a minute, he created me, the me that I am on purpose. And if we don't live from that place of security, right. 
this place of our value is settled, this place of who we are in Christ, then Dwight, yeah, it's easy for a thief to steal, kill, and destroy us. And so that's what's going on with so many of us is we're actually not taking Jesus and God at his word and being like, it doesn't matter what I think about me. It matters what he thinks about me. So look in the word to find out what he thinks about you. It's compelling and it's life-changing if we can live from there. Do you think, Tammy, you know, I, I know in my own life, things that, that I've been processing for 25 plus right, years. Right, right. You know, um, I disappoint people. Okay. I can't imagine. You can't imagine. No, that. I cannot. I, I know you can't. I mean, look at that Take salmon it. color shirt. <laughs> How can did, he be disappointed? Did you hear that? Salmon. It's not pink. Okay. <laughs> he it's prompted salmon. me thank to you, say thank salmon. You, thank you. Thank you. You hit that <laughs> cue right on, 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 on tag. No, but you, you know, I, I think, I think what happens is we take our horizontal relationship and we apply it vertically, meaning that, um, I can't please the people in my life. So surely if I can't please the people in my life, how on earth am I going to please one who is perfect and holy? Hmm. Because, you know, the reason why people get disappointed with me or you mm -hmm. or any of us is because of our performance. Yeah. And so, you know, would you say that, that one of the things that we have to deal with is God doesn't want us to perform? Oh, 100%. It's where you started with religion, right? right? And so I believe that last week you covered even this idea of grief and grieving in your message. Right. And that is a critical thing for us to understand for emotional health is, health is that we are all grieving. Because yeah, not only are you disappointing, so am I and so is everybody in this room because how many have sinned and fall short of the glory of God? Right, right. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So everybody in your life is going to be broken in some way, shape, or form. And it is that brokenness that is where we get so tripped up because our hearts long for more, but we have to understand until we see him face to face, I'll be broken. He'll be broken. You'll be broken. And so there's where grief comes in. We have to understand, oh, that's where we grieve. And grieving is a gift of God for the brokenness that we face every day. So go ahead. Well, I mean, my question would be, um, where does that brokenness come from? How, I mean, you know, I, I believe if you've lived on planet Earth for very long, right, um, you're broken in one way or another. Yeah. A and what what would you say are the venues or the avenues or the channels that we experience that brokenness? Yeah. From? And so here's what's going on. We talked about Jesus said that thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This is a critical truth for us to actually pull into my everyday, who am I? How does this look in my life experience? So go to 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 with me, if you will. It says, the God of this age has blinded the minds uh, of unbelievers so that they cannot see Christ, who is the glory of God, who is the image of God. Mm. So is anybody stopping and going, the God of this age? What does that mean? It's a small g, God. If you read your Bibles right now, you'll see it's a small G God. It's a small G God of when? Right? This minute. We are being influenced by a small G God of right now. Right now. You and I, right now, that's working to do what did the rest of that verse say? To blind minds to keep people from seeing Jesus. Wow. And so, literally, that's like, okay, I can... Okay, I can see that. I mean, when we look around our society, can't we see that? 
that there's a small G God of this age working to blind minds to keep people from seeing Jesus. But we live under that same time. Mm. And so I think it's important for us to go back to the fact that we're a soul. And in the space of our soul, there is a force working against your faith every day, every minute of your life. And so maybe you didn't ever like pull that in and go, wait a minute, how does that look? How is that? What does that mean? That there's a small G God of this age working to blind my mind to keep me from seeing Jesus. Think about how hard it is for you to hold on to the truth that you're God's special creation. Mm. Think about how, how hard it is to hold on to the truth that God is good. Think about how hard it is to hold on to truth that there's purpose and value and meaning in the expression of you as you encounter the various people and circumstances in your life, right? Where did you think that was coming from? Mm. And so here's what's going on. We have to get real about this force that's coming against us. And if you don't mind, and if you guys don't mind, the passage that changed my life, honestly, when it came to this was, is from Revelation. May I speak it? Sure. You guys good? Yep. You guys good? <laughs> it's Revelation 12, 9 through 11, and it's a picture of the end times. That's what the book of Revelation is. And it says this, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of the brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been cast down. Ow! Yep. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I'm hoping you caught a word in there. There's lots of great words in there. The accuser of the brothers? What's accusation? Like, what, why is God telling us? God is telling us something in his word. He could have just said for Satan has been cast down and we would have been like, let's go. But no, he said, there's an accuser, there's an accuser of who? You and me who have said yes to Jesus. Right. So accusation, right? What does accusation sound like? It sounds like, oh, you're going to ask for forgiveness for that again when you just did that the night before and the day before and the week before and pretty much all your life. Oh, way to go. Oh, you're going to go to Sunday morning service. Way to go. You were in a drunken binge last night. Is that where you're going to go? You're going to act like you're a great, you know, I mean, the game, whatever, your tailgating got out of control. You're going to act like you're a big old Christian this morning. Way to go, you fraud. Or, oh, you're going to join that small group. If people knew how ugly in your heart you actually were to your spouse or your best friend or your coworkers, you don't have any right to be there. They wouldn't want you there. That's what accusation sounds like. It's like super personal, Absolutely. like reading your mail. And I love that God put this in his word for us, that literally when we hear those things, my friends, where do you think it's coming from? Right. Did you literally think that's just your own voice? Let me ask you, would you want to say that to the person sitting next to you? Turn to them and say, uh, God's probably not good. Oh, God's really disappointed in you. Oh, God's not real. Oh, God is, you're a fraud. Would you want to turn to the person next to you and say that? No, you wouldn't. I mean, mostly. <laughs> but why, why do you think then that you would want to look at the child of God in the mirror and say such things to him or her? Where do you think that voice is coming from? This is what it is to pull in the reality of the thief trying to steal, 
kill and destroy your faith, your belief that God is good, your belief that you're a part of his plan, your belief that he is using you for his purposes. Anything about God, anything that is good and true, evil is attacking it. So back to your question of why is it so hard for us to live from those things? Because you and I have a force every day of our lives accusing us in the space of our soul. That's why we have to pay attention to our souls. That is good. So if you heard the other part, do you mind if I continue? No, go right. If you heard the other part in Revelation 12, 10, it said for the accuser of the brothers. So think about that accusation. Next time you hear it, literally go, that's not my voice. Voice. Right. It said for the accuser of the brothers. Did you hear that next part? Who accuses them before our God. Did you hear it? Does anybody know it? Day and night. Again, God is so awesome to give us this picture. This accusation, this hellish onslaught against yours and my faith is happening how often? Day and night. Exactly. So right now, as you sit here, Dwight, as I sit here, as you sit here, as you listen online, as you are partaking this, whenever you are, there is a force against your faith operating in the spiritual realm. That's the hard part. Pushing against your belief that God is loving and that he loves you. Your belief that God is working and that he's working in and through you. That force is pushing on us right now, 24-7. And so much of mental and spiritual and emotional health is getting this straight. Right. Is understanding what that looks like and realizing this is why when you started the truth sets us free. This is how we go. Wait a minute. What I'm sensing in my spirit right now, what is that? Why, why am I all hating on myself? Why am I like in the toilet when I just did a mistake as a parent rather than just like being buoyed up by God? You've got my child, got the truth of God working in my life and my child's life. Instead, we just stay under all sorts of shame, which right. could be a whole other series, my friend, as you know. Yep. And hellish accusation. And we just keep becoming more dark and dark rather than fighting back. One final note on this. Thanks for letting me kind of riff hey, here. Go. We want to hear. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 12 mm. says, For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities and forces of darkness in the unseen spiritual places. Did you hear the last part? In the unseen spiritual places. You see soul, you will have to battle in your soul. It's a spiritual battle. It's not a physical battle. Right. If Dwight started coming at me physically, which, whoa, that would be a lot. But <laughs> if he started coming at me physically, I'd fight physically, right? And if he started saying things to me like, Tammy, God doesn't want to use you. Tammy, you are not special at all. Tammy, God doesn't love you. I would fight back and be like, well, hang on, hang on. Dwight, that's not true, right? But in the spiritual realm, it's hard to capture. That's why we have to pay attention and live as the souls that we are. Otherwise, we're just taking the barrage minute after minute, day after day, and wondering, why am I depressed? Why am I anxious? Why am I gripped in self-hatred? Why, as a child of God, do I even have self-harming thoughts and behaviors? Right. It's because we're not fighting in the right place. We're not tending to our souls, paying attention to what's going on, where the noise is gone. And being like, oh, I'm not, that's not true about God. That's not true about me. And so 
maybe that's the takeaway for you this morning is for you to wise up about how evil's looking to lie to you personally. What, what, what is the lie that you most often are baited with? That you'll never be enough? That God doesn't love you? That God loves everyone else except you? That God isn't good? That God isn't real? That the Bible's just whatever? What is the bait that you are so often baited with? That you're not likable? That no one will ever love you for you? That you'll always be second best? And so that's a great question for us for a takeaway for all times. Like I would love if, if from this day forward, nobody in here at the sound of our voices ever again went to sleep without asking, what's one lie evil tried to tell me today? Wow, that's good. That's good. You know, Tammy, you know, God has tools that he uses in our life, his word, his spirit, his people. Yep. Okay. The enemy also has tools. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have talked about that, that there's two ways in which sometimes yes. that the wounds of our life come through. Can you just explain that a little bit? I know we can't go all the way. That's why you want to buy our book, okay? But talk to us about those wounds that, that Satan wants to use yep. in our life to counteract everything that's good about God. You've just said it. Thank you, Dwight, so much. So when we talk about which lie, which lies am I most susceptible to? Because I guarantee you the ones you're most susceptible to are different than the ones I am. Yep. And that is because of the wounds in our life. So for instance, there are two types of wounds, what Dwight mentioned. The first one, this is just my conceptualization, but the first one is wounds of commission. Something is committed upon you. So these would be like wounds of abuse, wounds of harsh words, right? So when your teacher in fourth grade says, why can't you just be like your brother in a weak moment? (laughs) Right then, imagine the lies that you become susceptible to. And if you don't realize what happened at that moment, that it was like uh, a divot was made in your skin and something went rushing in, in the place that wasn't there before. That's what happens. It's like we get cut and there's sort of a space and opening, if you will, a cavity, if you will. And evil just loves to implant a lie right then for you to just think it's you for the rest of your life. So at that moment, it could be from that particular wound of the fourth grade teacher, it could be, I'll always be second best or I'm not very good or I'm not very smart or I need to keep my mouth shut and not speak up and whatever it is, then unless we realize the scheme of hell, Ephesians 6, 11 says we're under those schemes. Unless we realize the scheme of hell, we won't realize like what happens is that lies in there and then we start acting like it. So for instance, to lead in vulnerability, which is what I pray we all do. So uh, my mom departed when I was 11. Mm. And so, of course, at that time, big wound, right? What do you think are the potential lies that could have gone in at the time of that wounding? Sure, lots of different ones. But for me, I'm not lovable. You're not lovable. Because unfortunately, I heard the phrase, a child only a mother could love. And so when you put that together, that doesn't look very good for the child. So 
if I didn't realize that that was a lie from hell, because for so long in my life and even early on in my marriage, it was like, I could never be convinced you love me, even though I have so many friends that love me, even though my husband loves me. So at early on in my marriage, it was like, I couldn't be convinced of that because why? Because of the lie that had gotten implanted and that I hadn't yet fully excavated and applied the truth of God in the place of that lie. So the statistics say that sadly one in every four person here, Dwight has been sexually abused in some way. Think about the lies that go in at the time of that wounding. Right? I'm only here for other people's needs. (laughs) I can't say no. I'm only good for what I do. Whatever. Think about those lies. Mm. And unless you realize that is not the truth of God over you, that is a hellish accuser wanting to steal, kill, and destroy your faith. Unless you know that and believe that and understand that, that those lies will just live on inside you and try to take away all sense of joy and beauty, the abundant life that Jesus purchased. So that's in short, wound of commission. Yeah, but, but you, you said something that I don't want us to miss. Okay. You said you had to excavate it. You had yes, to, sir. You had to deal with it. Yes, sir. And, and, and I think that that's a challenge because we have to do that work. Yes, we do. You know, so, you know, I, I, I've shared with, with New Point, there's things that I read every day. Which every is awesome. Day. Every, Huge. I read it today. Huge. Because those things that, that I have dealt with want to come back. Yes, They're sir. Like well, the enemy you doesn't I mean? stop. It's 24-7. The enemy just keeps offering you the same yeah. bait over and yeah. over again. So good. So, so help us with that because, you know, I, I think, you know, our tendency is to say, well, I prayed the prayer. Yeah. You know, um, um, I asked Jesus into my life and we kind of stopped. Well, you know, hey, if I die, I go to heaven. But as you have mentioned, hey, he said that he came that we might have life and have it to the fullest. And that's the way in which we honor him and glorify him. Yeah. Right. Right. So talk to us just a little bit about just the persistence of renewing our mind. And, oh, and, no. And Dwight, I can't. We're going to have to lock the doors and be here for two hours because that is neurochemistry <laughs> and that is the neuroplasticity of your brain. And it literally is the truth that as we do the work, it works to change us by the way that God made it. And your example is so profound and so simple and so good, which is if you just keep getting the same things around your mind and in your mind every day, you will then... 43 to 65 days consistently, six months to, a, to two years if there's yeah. trauma involved. No joke, this is the neurochemistry. You will then actually be a person that thinks that way, feels that way, behaves that way. I am a living billboard for I, the power yeah. of neuroplasticity yeah. and how to yeah. literally use what God made our neurochemistry to be to be set free, but we have to be willing to live as the souls we are, pay attention to what's going on beneath our necks, just to say it dumbly, right? Dumbly. I just made that word up. (laughs) And then to be able to like, okay, I need to know God's truth and and to be able to realize, oh, this thing that I'm feeling, this sense that I'm having, which is a lie from hell, we have to be able to recognize that it's a lie from hell. And it's coming 24-7, right? Relentlessly. I could, if we all just stopped right now, wherever you were and thought, said to yourself, what is one lie he was trying to tell me right now? That is always a good thing to do because then you can be like, whoa, that is not the truth of God about himself, about me, about others. Yeah. So, so um, because I've read the book and, and I'm telling you, I, I've been in this for 25 years. And as, as thank you I've for your, your life of service and love, as I've read your book, mm-hmm. you know, it just continues to speak to me. 
you know, because I like to say we're like onions. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We've got multiple layers, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, And it just really spoke to me. But, you know, you said that there's wounds of commission, but then... Just touch on, just yeah, for yeah. a few minutes, the wounds of omission. Dwight, you're the bomb. I know, but, hey, <laughs> you know, I, so, like to, I, I like to put you in that position yeah. because you, you you nail it, girl. Yeah. You, you nail it. I well, tell it's you. just a conceptualization, but here's the thing. We can just try to synopsize it this way. Human development goes in one way for us to be able to enter the adult world and function from you know, as adults, the way we should. In the same way that I need calcium to be in adult, like calcium, excuse me, when I'm like two or three or four years old, for sure, to be a professional soccer player when I'm an adult. And if I do not have the calcium, I will not be able to play professional sports. I will not have the bone strength because I did not get what was necessary. And I can drink all the calcium in the world and eat all the calcium, provide all the calcium and do all the exercises when I'm an adult. But can I ever go back and get what I was supposed to have when I was developing? No. It is the same emotionally. So we are, we go through developmental stages where we need trust and safety and security and those kinds of things. We need unconditional love, unconditional love in its various forms from the people that are given us in, in the form of, of uh, parents and whatnot to love us that way. And if we don't get those needs, this is the critical point. I hope you're hanging. Trying to truncate is tough. If we don't get those needs met, then we will bring them to adulthood unwittingly, unknowingly, and bring them to the people in our lives and try to get them to fill that which I should have had when I was younger. So some of you just really obsess about what the male or female in charge thinks, <clears throat> like to, to too great a degree. Some of you have an awesome spouse, but that spouse is just not doing it for you. Like they're just not loving you enough. Well, that might be because they're a spouse. They can't be a daddy. Wow. They can't be a mommy. Ooh. My husband's a pastor. Every person <laughs> that's a pastor knows this. Dwight and I have talked about it. He's a screen upon which people project their father issues and look to him for things that <laughs> he scored zero on the mercy scale. It's a rough gal. <laughs> So we could be setting the people in our lives up for failure by bringing to them needs that they cannot meet, though they would want to and try to. They can only meet the needs that they can adult to adult. Our childhood needs, if unmet, they will continue to throb and sort of ache for satiation. And that is an area of grief as well. Mm. So after my mom left at 11, right, and even before then, I don't know what it's like to be nurtured maternally. That ache is with me every day. But when I take it to the people in my life, I'm setting them up for failure because they're not my mother. So I don't know if that's... No, that's, that's, that's really powerful because I think that's why people disappoint us so much. I mean... Because we have these expectations come on. that only one can meet yep. and, and heal. Yes. And we're looking for it in, in that spouse, you know, that friend... Co-worker, boss, boss, yes, yes. And and we just fall short, all of us do with one another. So as we wrap this up, um, what's what's the exclamation point in in about getting healthy 
and well emotionally and mentally. Yeah. The work works. I have been a counselor for over 30 years. Wow. (laughs) And I can tell you the work works. God is faithful. Galatians 6, 6 through 9 is, you know, do not become weary in doing good for at the proper time you'll reap a harvest. Listen, a man reaps what he sows is what, the, for, what that passage says. And the first part of that passage says, do not mock God. Hey, if you're doing the work of pursuing emotional and spiritual health and maturity, if you're doing the work of sowing righteousness in your life, if you're doing the work of getting around the truth of God and hiding it in your heart, the work works. If you're willing to live as the soul that you are and go there, the work works. And I think the other thing that I know you love and that we want to make sure to communicate here today is that, but the work without Jesus doesn't work. Right. There's no true healing without Jesus because you're a soul. No, no, I, I mean, you've told me this, no matter how much counseling you get, Dwight, apart from Jesus Christ, you're not going to experience wholeness. You're not going to experience complete wellness. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. There's no true healing without the true healer. Yeah. That's great. Hey, let's give it up for Dr. Tammy. Oh, you guys you are do awesome. That? You guys are awesome. Thank you. You know, I want to encourage you to get her book today, Soul Healing. Um, I've read it. I've marked it up. I've circled it. I've put exclamation points. I've said, Dwight, this is an area that you need to excavate a little bit more. You need to dig a little bit deeper here. And not just for Dwight. See, this this is not just about Dwight. It's about Patty, my wife. Yeah, that's good. It's about Caleb. Yeah. It's about Sarah and Nate. Thank you, Lord. It's about Jonathan and Elise. It's about Ben. It's about you folks. Because we're in relationship. The only way that I can really be a blessing to you is to be the best version of me. Amen. The only way I can be the best version of me is do the work. Amen. Let the word work in me. And so it is with you. And apart from knowing Jesus Christ and not just knowing him, but apart from letting him do his work and he's gentle and he's humble he's kind he's compassionate that's why you know i i read a book like dr tammy and i say to myself i thought i dealt with that and jesus comes back and says you know son i i love you i'm gentle i'm kind we're just going to take one layer at a time yeah one layer at a time because i'm patient i'm gentle and so i just need to take another layer off of you dwight He wants to do that for you. And the way in which we can begin this is by accepting him and his forgiveness and his promises. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, today is your day. Today is your day. You might be in counseling. That's good. I've been there, done that. But you won't experience complete wholeness or healing apart from knowing Jesus Christ, the ultimate counselor, the ultimate physician, the ultimate healer. And so I want to pray for us today. So would you bow your heads? You can just pray a simple prayer and begin this journey with Jesus 
the true healer, to say, Jesus, as much as I know how and as much as I understand, I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Mm -hmm. I ask you to fill me with your spirit and give me the courage to be able to deal with those wounds of commission and those wounds of omission in my life because I want to be free. I want to be whole. I want to have purpose and peace and power in my life. And so we thank you, Jesus, that you are a promise keeper. We love you for that. Be with us as we choose you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.